What's up, soccer fans? Welcome to the Soccer Brothers Podcast. This is Season 2, Episode 5. My name is Sal Qatar. Nihal, how much is your buyout clause on the Soccer Brothers Podcast? My buyout clause on the Soccer Probably about a clean... Well, I mean, technically zero, right? Because I, uh, I work for the crew for no money and I stopped... Or is that a loan? Would you consider that a loan? Yeah, I, I would definitely consider okay. that a loan, but I don't think you developed it all, to be honest with well, you. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Um, <laughs> so, actually, speaking of the Columbus crew, I didn't answer your question. I don't know how to answer your question. But uh, speaking of the Columbus crew, the crew are staying in Columbus. We are extremely ecstatic about that. And um, actually, next week, I will be releasing an episode about the Save the Crew movement. Uh, I'm interviewing Andrew Erickson of the Columbus Dispatch and Morgan Hughes, who is the leader of the Save the Crew movement. So that should be an interesting episode, a different style of episode than we've ever done before, I think. Um, It's not going to be like a regular interview episode. So definitely keep an eye out for that. Um, And then, you know, uh, I'm trying to get maybe one more person on the podcast, but uh, for that episode, but we'll see if that works out. Um, And those interviews will be independent, by the way. So um, maybe I'll release it in two parts. I don't really know. But uh, yeah, I'm interviewing Andrew on Friday and Morgan next Monday. So sometime next week, um, you know, we'll, we'll post on Twitter and Facebook when the drop date for the episode will be. But yeah, um, yeah, and that's something we plan to do, kind of varying up uh, certain episodes. We plan to like bring on people and do a special episode on something. I think that's the way a lot of our special guests guests will. Uh, that's the role that a lot of our special guests will play right. going forward. Okay, uh, we're mainly here to talk about the USMNT versus Peru friendly that happened on Tuesday night. Uh, in Connecticut, definitely a game that a lot of us were interested to see. A lot of us were interested to see how Dave Sarakin would switch up the lineup after the recent loss against Columbia. And um, overall, this lineup was, I think, pretty pretty good. I think we saw a lot of new faces. And what, what were your first thoughts when this lineup dropped? It was Brad Guzan. Sorry, I'll, I'll say the lineup first, and then I'll ask for your thoughts on it. Uh, in goal, we had Brad Guzan. Uh, our back line consisted of Reggie Cannon, Cameron, Cameron Carter-Vickers, Aaron Long, and Ben Sweat. In our midfield, we had Marco De- Marky Delgado, Kellen Acosta, Will Trapp. On our wings, we had Tim Weah and Jonathan Amon. And up top, we had Josh Sargent. Yeah, so uh, initially, I was very intrigued. Nine changes from the previous match. Uh, the two players making it starting both matches uh, were Kellen Acosta and uh, Timothy Weah. Um, you know, I was uh, interested to see Reggie Cannon come in for DeAndre Edlin and see how he fared against that left-sided attack of uh, Peru, which is which is no uh, easy task. Um, you know, I, I was hoping to see Anthony Robinson again, just you know, to see if he would bounce back from the um, performance he had against. Uh, Colombia and, and and not only that you know we'll we'll, pro- we'll get into this a little bit more later but Ben Sweat's a 27 year old left back who's played professional soccer in MLS for a year like well, what are we doing there um, and you know obviously the front three is what was really exciting Josh Sargent Timothy Weah and Jonathan Amen it was our first look at Jonathan Amen um, in a U.S. men's national team jersey and you know he's he's been lighting it up in in the in. Denmark, and he's only 19 years old. You know, he's he's around the same age as uh, Timothy Way. He's a year older than Timothy Way, I believe. Um, but you know, he's still a youngster. So, and then obviously Josh Sargent. We've talked about him a lot. So, 
you know, he, he's one of, he's been one of our favorite players for a while now. And at every level, it seems like he gets it done. So, you know, and then, you know, Brad Guzan, I, I would have liked to see Ethan Horvath, but, um, you know, Brad Guzan is Brad Guzan. He's a good leader. It's a very young yeah. and inexperienced back line that was playing, uh, you know, um, has, I think, um, I think Cameron Carter Vickers was the only one that had a cap before this camp, if I'm not mistaken. Um, ben Sweat played last match. I Ben's, think you're right. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, having having Brad Guzan back there, um, he's much more vocal than even Zach Steffen. So, um, yeah, I, you know, it was valuable. Yeah, uh, I, I think... Uh, when I saw this lineup drop, I was definitely excited to see Kellen Acosta back in the lineup. And, um, yeah, I was a little glad to see Eamon. I mean, I think especially after Kenny Sive's disappointing performance, I wanted to see something new on one of those wings. And um, he definitely impressed me. I thought I thought Eamon was one of the best players out there tonight. He was, he was really, really something. And really? Definitely. I yeah. have a different take on that. Um, okay. I thought. What's your take? I mean, I don't think Eamon had a bad performance, but I thought uh, he failed to track back and cover for Ben Sweat when he was playing on the left. Um, and then when he was playing on the right, I thought he was pretty ineffective uh, when they when they switched. I believe uh, they switched when um, in like the twenty sixth minute, maybe thirty um, uh, second minute. Jonathan Amon and Wea switched. And I think after that, he was really stymied. That being said, he had a couple of really good moments. The, um, you know, the one that stands out is in the 15th minute um, when uh, Kellen Acosta played it up to Josh Sargent. Sargent backheeled it to Amon. Um, Amon was able to dribble past the Peruvian defender Ramos, and he tried to Travela it to Wea, but just missed. And um, I think, obviously, the Travela was a good choice given the situation or the attempt at the Travela, but I think he could have passed that to Timothy Weah earlier, and he was in acres of space. And that's, you know, that's very nitpicky. Um, but, right. And, like, I, you know, I was excited. I was excited by him, and I, I'm definitely interested in seeing more of him, but uh, I, I do think, you know, there's maybe only one or two times where he tracked back and helped, which, you know, Peru, which really helped Peru um, with their attacks. Uh, That's true. I mean, but I thought when they switched, I mean, Tim Weah and Eamon were probably equal, equally susceptible to that yeah. Polo and Advincula, like, tandem on the right-hand side that was just absolutely, like, destroying us right. for much of the match. But, yeah, I mean, that was an individual brilliant moment. I think there were a couple moments where um, Eamon led on the counter. He kind of played a more central role leading the ball forward. And I, I know he's never played there in Denmark, but... I don't know. From what I saw, he just looked, I think, more confident on the ball than anyone on the team, it, besides maybe Josh Sargent and Kellen Acosta at certain times. Yeah, but. you know, he reminds me a lot of uh, two players, actually. One one is Christian Atsu. Um, you know, the, you can see that there's a player there, um, but, you know, he's he's able to dribble. He's able he's, – he's really fast. I don't know – there's not. I don't think there are many players, if any players, in the pool that are faster than than Jonathan Amen. Um, he's a good dribbler. He's strong on the ball, but you know his 
his decision making really has to improve. And he's only 19. Like, I understand. That's it. true. I mean, yeah. And it's, it's, you know, maybe it's unfair to Eamon when comparing him to Timothy Weah, who had a pretty quiet game, but just seems to be much more aware when he's on the pitch. He tracks back. Um, it, it seems like he more often than not makes the right choice when, when the ball gets to his feet, if you know what I mean. And, you know, I think that's unfair. But, but you know, Eamon, like, there's, we haven't had, you know, I, I don't think we've had a winger really like him in a, in a very long time. Um, you know, I mean, Christian Pulisic is Christian Pulisic. He can do everything. But uh, Eamon is kind of what, you know, we envisioned Darlington Nagby to be when he, he first broke on the scene, or Kakuda Mane, you know? Um, so, so, yeah. yeah. I think and I don't know I don't know if you mentioned it but uh I think also just his his passing ability in this game was really good. I mean uh he do you remember that uh moment early in the second half where he played that really good over the top ball to uh Josh Sargent who cut it back for Tim Ware yeah, who hit it yeah. wide. Um yeah, that that was a great moment for him. Um and then he he actually drew the foul uh that led to our right. goal, our, our right. free kick goal. Right. So, so um I, I, I just want to make it clear. I don't think he had a bad game i just think people are are overrating his performance um but i mean i'm, I'm on the hype train like I, I think he can be a really good player for the national team um and i don't, I don't know if i made this point properly earlier but uh, what, what i was saying was he he you know he's only i, I checked the transfer market he's only ever played left right. wing for 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 club and i but i feel like he could play a number 10 role i, I don't see why not you think like, so i i think he he's much more I think the the difference between uh, a a good number ten and a good winger, and there's plenty of, of players who can play both positions and and do different things and do it well. But for me, it just seems like he's the type of player who wants to take on um, the defender one on one, and it's much easier to get those opportunities uh, on the wing. But but like I said, like you just said, he hasn't. He's only played on the left wing, and. Um, you know, he just, he's not a right winger. And maybe that's why, maybe I'm remembering more the end of the match where like the beginning of the second half and the end of the second and the end of the first half where he uh, did not look as good on the, on that side of, of, of the field. So. That's true. That's true. Yeah. I, I don't, yeah, I don't, yeah, I, I don't, I don't really know in the end how much defensively those, Switches helped us at all. If anything, they just well. Hurt I, us. Think, I think I think yeah. They hurt us. I, mean, I think Weya uh, was able to help Ben Sweat. Do you want to talk about Ben Sweat right now? Because um, I was sure. I was not impressed with him. Zero crossing ability. Mm-hmm. He he had a couple of boneheaded decisions. He he had a throw in to no one. He gave the ball away in his own, in his own half. I think he was trying to pass it to Will Trapp, and it led to. He, and then he made. He, is that the yeah, one he, he made won up it for? Back and like he came back and lost it again, tackle, yeah. and it was a corner. Um, oh yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, it was funny because they were just like, "Oh, he makes up for yeah. it," and then he, yeah. then he lost it again. So yeah. I mean, I was I was really not impressed with him. I think he looked more solid than Anthony Robinson just because he didn't get forward as much. Um, so, and I also think that for some reason, I mean, Brooks and Miazga are clearly the best center backs in the pool, but um, Long and Carter Vickers um, and even Cannon on the right side, they, they, they all seem to be much more compact than they were in the last match and more organized. 
But yeah, Ben Sweat, I thought, was clearly the worst player on the pitch for the United States, uh, at least of the starters. I mean, actually, even including def- uh, even including uh, uh, the substitutions. Yeah, it, it's amazing how easy, how, I mean, you, you would have thought Advincula was playing right wing for most of this match. I mean, it was, he was just getting into so much space every single yeah. time. And, uh, wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, but th- I think that's why if you, if you, if, if you go back and watch that, the first half and the second half when Timothy Weah switched to that left side, um, Advincula would get forward, but there would be really, you know, he wouldn't be able to get it to Polo in the box or, or anyone and he would pass it backwards because Weah would come back a- and mark him. So I think it did make a difference defensively, but it did sort of ham- it hamstrung uh, the United States offense, um, which is not really a soccer term, but attack. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> so many, so many is, sports. Uh, is there, offense there, and defense? There's so many sports going on right now. Like, I, I can't even keep track of everything. So um, at least for us, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, offense and defense, are those baseball terms too? I, I don't know anything about yeah. baseball. Okay, because like, that just sounds wrong, though. Why can't you say, like, batting and fielding? And, well, like, I mean, that's what you also say or, that. I don't know. It just sounds less technical. And less, yeah. It just sounds I mean, you rarely hear offense in soccer. <laughs> I, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, anyways, I think that, uh, yeah, Ben Sweat was definitely not impressive. I don't think... Reggie Cannon was very good either at all, but I see. I, I don't know. At least he did a little better going I forward. Had, I thought he had a really I good match. I, I you know, the, they okay. didn't. Well, let me backtrack. I thought he had a very solid match. Um, he did have a couple of mistakes, but overall, he looked competent in defense. Um, and I want to see more of of him. Okay, actually, I'll agree with that. I'll, I'll go back on that point. Now, I, I don't. I, I thought actually in the attack was where I had a lot of problems right, yeah. with him. Now he did he did have a willingness to get forward and he did it well. He made some overla- nice overlapping runs, but he wasted opportunities for attack many he times did. on the right side. I mean, he's also a 19, 20 year old right back too, um, so he has a lot of promise. You know, I I think defensively he can be, I think he can be our our starting right back potentially in twenty twenty two, so. Um, uh, <laughs> is that, are you not going to just call out the person that you clearly so indirectly called out? Well, I mean, it could be two. It could be Shaq Moore as well. Um, but okay, uh, yeah, that's true. No, uh, you know, DeAndre Edlin, I think um, he's obviously he's a good player. Um, and, you know, if when we talk about the second, when we talk about Peru's goal, we can talk more about DeAndre Edlin because I think, I think, uh, <laughs> Um, while it was, you know, it was on Yedlin, it was also on Delgado, just as much, if not more. Um, but I think, I Uh, I think Cannon, when Cannon was in the game, it looked, we looked more solid. And maybe that was because of the formation switch that happened when, when, when Julian Green came onto the pitch. Um... You know, with with Del- with uh, yeah, I thought I, I thought that formation switch was really weird. It, it, the shape was, it felt like we weren't even playing with a right midfielder. Yeah, at all. so Del- Delgado was sort of playing right midfield. 
Not not really. He was though. tucking he, in. He yeah. wasn't though. He was tucking in, and <laughs> and that's when Reggie Cannon got more uh, got forward a little bit more. That that's true. That's true. Um, yeah, definitely. And you know, Julian Green would go out wide, um, but yeah, it was it was weird. I I think we we lost a bit when when we did that. I do. I think so too. I think I think definitely Flores was able to get more into yeah. the game once that happened, and we we it was harder for us to maintain that defensive shape because even though in the first half we had uh, like we argue we didn't look as good in possession we were at least able to you know kind of counteract that with just good defensive organization yeah. but we just kind of lost yeah. all that once cannon was forced to handle the, all the right-handed response right side yeah. responsibilities yeah. um yeah no i think yedlin's actually in one of those weird positions right now where there's not many players where you can say right now at this point in the team that they're like solidified, but Yedlin's one of those players who's like still young and he's not part of like the Michael Bradley, Josie crew that people yeah. want out, but he's, he's, uh, but he's still like, he's, you know, he's seasoned enough on the national team to kind of maybe be confident, maybe not care as much about these friendlies, maybe, you know, take a play well, off. And, and, and that's so, why I think Reggie Cannon's emergence is, is really important because from here on out, uh, Yedlin can't do that. He can't take those plays off. He has to impress when he's with the with the U.S. national team. Um, or if it's not Reggie Cannon, it could, it could be someone else. Um, do you want to talk about the midfield quickly? We didn't really talk about them. Yeah, I, I, we've really talked about the defense a lot, which is weird. I feel like it takes us a long time to get yeah, to the defense. Yeah, well, we talked about <laughs> our yeah, fullbacks. Let's talk we about didn't the even midfield. really talk about our center backs. Uh, <laughs> yeah, okay, so you want to talk about Carter Vickers? Well, I mean, there's first. not much to talk about. They had a solid match. Uh you, you know, yeah, I thought they both had a good understanding. It looks like, it honestly, looks like they they've played together before. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah. You know, Long has had a defensive player of the year type uh, campaign for for the Red Bulls, um, and you know, Carter Vickers is is still a, a really good prospect. You know, he he just signed a five year deal with Tottenham, which doesn't really mean anything in modern soccer. But um, <laughs> usually, when they sign a youngster who's not had many minutes. That means they have some confidence in him um, to yeah. break through. But obviously, they have Jan Vertagen. Um, they still have Alderweireld, at least for a little while. Davidson Sanchez, Eric Dyer can drop back. Um, you know, I mean, Cameron Carter Vickers is at Swansea. I don't know how he's playing, but um, it's you know, he he looked pretty good. Um, I I do think they uh, you know Long had a couple of bad passes. Um, one that stood out to me was in the 17th minute. I thought in the first half, um, Tapia, uh, the central defensive midfield, the right, the right defensive midfield for de- defensive midfielder for Peru, was able to send a lot of long balls over the top for Rudiaz, and uh, you know I think that really troubled Carter. I mean, it, it didn't lead to any clear cut chances, but he was able to get on the ball and hold it up for a little while. Um, that also in the 17th minute, that was you know one of the times Tapia went over the top to Rudiez uh, in the first half. But yeah, overall, I, you know they had a good match. Um, it seems like communication was good. They were on the same page with Guzan, and um, it was it was encouraging. It, it, it is worth noting um, that uh, Farfan and Guerrero weren't there for Peru. That being said, you know these are our backups as well, but. Um, Right, <laughs> it, it's nowhere near Peru's uh, strongest team, so. Uh, for sure, for sure. 
All right, well, why don't we get to the midfield? Yeah. Uh, it was comprised of a three-man midfield. Will Trapp, Marky Delgado, and Kellen Acosta. Trapp playing underneath Delgado and Acosta in this 4 2 3 yeah. or 4-1, uh, yeah. Re- Real four, quickly, one, you know, uh, Christian Cueva, arguably Purdue's best player on this roster, didn't even play in this match um, in the number 10 role. Uh, he did get yellow carded, though. When for some reason, when he was arguing with the ref in the while he was warming up. Oh yeah, I didn't, I didn't understand yeah. that one either. <laughs> yeah, that was really weird. The, the, the commentators didn't even know who the yeah. yellow card went to yeah. at first. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so yeah, let's talk about the midfield because I think I feel like they had a better match than you feel like they did. Yes, in our very short production meeting, I got to voice that concern. Um, yeah, I don't really know what to say. I mean, I think I think that a lot of times you saw Kellen Acosta give away possession. I think that in many key moments he would just give away the ball and that would get us back into our defensive shape, which obviously looked pretty good. But he was I don't know, he, he he's ambitious and I definitely like his surging runs forward, yeah. but I thought he blew some opportunities and missed some shots, didn't even put right. him on target. I don't know. He wasn't a useful player in this match to me. I disagree. I thought Acosta had a really good match. I thought there was some really good interplay between all three of our central midfielders. Um, I think, you know, Acosta had a couple of really nice uh, passes um, up the wing. Uh, So did, you know, uh, in the 15th minute, Acosta had a really good ball to Ben Sweat. Um, the, the, The chance I was talking about in the 15th minute... Uh, th- this is the same chance, you know, where where Eamon dribbled past uh, uh, Ramos and, and tried to get it to Wea. That that was started by Kellen Acosta, and something that might be underrated in his in this match was Kellen Acosta's ability to drop back next to Will Trap when needed, and his ability to get forward when Delgado was high pressing, or um, to give Delgado an option when he was sort of by himself in that midfield, and. That is something that Acosta does really well and I think is going to be really beneficial when he's the least talented player in the, in the midfield with Weston McKinney and Tyler Adams rather than being the one the midfield relies on to create opportunities. Um, you know, he had, a great, he had a great tackle in the second minute as well. Uh, I, I was very impressed with him. I thought this was Will Trapp's best game in the U.S. men's national team jersey. Um, he does a lot of the unsung stuff that, that Michael Bradley... Um, does, except I think he was better than Michael Bradley was in the last match. Uh, he, he did a good job closing down. Um, he also had a, he also, uh, had some good quick interplay with Delgado and Acosta. That being said, I I don't think, I don't think he's an international quality player. I don't think he should be starting for this team, but I think he's a competent backup and he's, he's a player who can do well against, uh, CONCACAF competition. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't disagree. I mean, I thought, yeah, I thought Will Trapp did a good job defensively. There were some good things I liked that Acosta did, and I think when we did get some chances, we looked very electric, and uh, you know, Delgado and Acosta did a good job of combining with right. Um, well, Eamon so and it, Wea, but it, it I thought, almost, I mean, it almost seemed like. Sorry, I, I'm sorry to cut you off there, but it almost seemed like the uh, Sarakin gave them orders to play through the midfield, and they adhered to that. Um, and I think this is where some of those giveaways happened. They were trying all that interplay, um, but Peru in the first half had a very high press. Every time Trap got the ball, they were on him. Anytime anyone got the ball deep in the field, they were on him. And sometimes Carter Vickers and Long would send it long. I, 
no pun intended. Um, it's not really a pun, but, um, uh, you know, so I, I think that's what, where some of the giveaways, um, came from. Um, and I also think that th- that's where Jonathan Amon and Timothy Weah to a lesser, lesser extent failed. You know, Amon was not really an option for our mid or for our central midfielders, Um, you know, he would pick up the ball and try to get forward, but he was not playing with the central midfielders in my opinion. And that, that's, I think that's why I was less impressed with him, but I don't know, even, you know, Delgado, I thought he had, he had a decent match, some really nice passes. Um, one thing I will say is it seems like there was that interplay for interplay's sake, um, I, I can't remember what minute it was. Oh, yeah, in the 25th minute, Acosta steals the ball, and he could have played it forward to Josh Sargent. Um, and, uh, oh, you just turned on the stream, didn't you? Uh, my stream went away. Um, but um, the... Wait, no, I actually oh, okay. didn't. <laughs> um, in, in the, uh, yeah, in the 25th minute, he could have played it forward, but he just played a one-two with Trap instead, and they played it to Delgado, and they were able to get forward. But Josh Sargent was sort of by himself between two defenders, and um, that's why I think it was Sarakin telling them to 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 do those things, you know. And I I think it's important to understand that or recognize that when criticizing players for that type of sloppy play, you know. I would ra- I rather them yeah. have those giveaways trying. Um, to get forward than some of the crap we've seen in the past with U.S. national teams. Just hold, holding, on to, okay. holding on to the ball I mean, too long and um, whatever it may be. Yeah, I, I, I definitely get that perspective. I, so, I mean, personally how I read this was a lot of times I thought the midfield was overthinking it. The midfield forced Sargent to come back yeah. and try to and create that's something where too I much. I think that... Because all of them were doing that, I think that was what they were told to do. That's what I'm saying. So, okay. So, uh, so to, yeah, okay. So, I mean, I was going to say to a certain extent, I thought, yeah, sometimes they were, like, overthinking the types of balls they should they right. should play and stuff like that. But, I mean, I suppose so. Sure. But, I, I mean... I mean, on the team sheet, Acosta and Delgado are positioned above, uh, I mean, above Will Trapp. So they, they, they have to have some kind of offensive responsibility besides, like, a one-off, you know, Acosta surgery but I, run. I, but I mean, I, they've got to give Sargent yeah, I, I mean, some help, I agree. Right? Sargent was a little bit isolated, but I do think they got forward and they, they, they did get, um, you know, they had some really nice through balls. And, you know, Delgado did a really good job of switching fields. He does. He did a lot of those Michael Bradley diagonal balls. Um, but like I yeah. said, it was interesting that they were trying that despite Peru's high press. Um, and I think that's why it wasn't as successful as it could, as it could have been because of that high press. Um, and that's why they, they weren't able okay. to get into the attack as often because they were, because they, be, right. because of that high press, they were dropping deeper and deeper to get, uh, to get the ball, to pick up the ball. And then, you know, there was all that space between Sergeant. I mean, not really cause Sergeant, you're right. Sergeant came back pretty deep for the ball a lot. Um, speaking of Sergeant, he's the only player we haven't talked about yet. The only starter. 
Um, what would you right. what do you think? Um, yeah, I'll just, I'll, I'll just what, can I just say a little bit yeah, more about sorry. the midfield? So I thought, and I also thought um, sometimes you know, way uh, and Eamon came centrally to force more damage, you know, going forward than I thought Acosta and Delgado did themselves. I, I don't know. It's just hard for me to say, you know, in a game where Peru had 71% possession and there were just a lot of giveaways from this midfield three that they were good. I I, I think, I mean, uh, yes, okay. I see yeah, some, maybe, some flashes. I, I don't I, think they were necessarily, I don't know. I was, I had very low expectations for the midfield when I saw the team sheet. And maybe that's why I, I think they did well. You know, to me, this to me this game made me think, or made me under made me think that you know what, Kellen Acosta does a great job defensively. He can sit deep. A guy like Tyler Adams, you know, can occasionally come forward, and he, but he also can mainly sit deep as he's been, you know, one of the best destroyers in MLS. And I think that you know a four-two-three-one with a playmaker helping to link the attack, help dot the striker be isolated. That's what that's what this game screamed to me. I thought we need a number ten. We need, we need, and maybe that's Pulisic. I don't know, but I don't think it's going to work. So like, you you don't like think this. a midfield of Adams, McKenney, and Acosta can work? Because all all of all of those guys I, can create opportunities. I think that could that could potentially work, but and I also don't know if I trust. Well, I think it can work too if we if we get the wingers for more forward instead of level with the, with the central midfield. That's when that's when yeah. Sergeant and our strikers really get left on an island. That's true. I feel like generally, though, you know, when we've seen people like Pulisic or Nagby play that number 10 role, like, it works if we have a true creative player. Yeah, I, and yeah, I, trust, I would like to see Nagby back in there. Yeah, definitely. I think, I don't know, yeah, I don't think his time's up at all. Or Yeah. I, he's still a strong player. He's still capable of producing brilliant moments. I, I, he's definitely worthwhile. Um, yeah, but we can move on from the midfield. Uh, uh Definitely, uh, it's going it's to be really interesting going forward. There's a lot of, a lot of things we can do with that. Um, but yes, Josh Sargent was up top, as you said. Um, he, uh, I, I thought he was pretty damn good. I, I really liked w- what we saw from him. I, it's, he's think? never played a pro minute, and he's, all, he's the best striker in the pool. I mean, I, I genuinely believe that. Uh, I may be Josie, but I, I mean... The, the runs Josh Sargent makes, the touches, the passing ability, the hold-up play, the finishing, he is just, he, I mean, he, he's just on another level. He's a complete striker, and, you know, it, it showed again, he scored, a, he scored a goal tonight, or last night. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Do, okay, so do you, do you want to talk yeah. about that goal? It's a pretty simple goal. Yeah, so... As I said, uh, in, the, in the 48th minute, Jonathan Amon drew a foul. Uh, so Kellen Acosta takes the free kick. He finds Sargent peeling around near that 12-yard penalty marker. And Josh is there to finish it into the far left corner past Carvalho. Uh, took a deflection off Renato Tapia, but uh, definitely a good plan, set piece, good execution. 
Um, the deflection obviously helped, but it was a good strike by Sargent. Yeah, I mean, you pretty much covered it. There's not much else for me to say. The, the deflection helped, but yeah, it, it, I think it was going to go was going to go in anyway. Um, but just just his movement in the box is so it's almost Luis Suarez esque. Not as good because he's the best, um, but you know, that's, that's a yeah, that's a big he, statement. He, he, he just <laughs> I'm excited to see him play in the Bundesliga. Um, for a team that's actually pretty high up in the table. So, um, yeah, can't wait to see more of Josh Sargent. Definitely, yeah, above Bayern yes. Munich, actually. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought every time he was on the ball, he was pretty exciting. I thought if, um, if maybe, as you said, the tactics were a little bit different or we had a different lineup, he could have really done even more damage than he did. Um, there was just... Every time he was on the ball, he's able to really buy time. Uh, he like in just because of his dribbling ability, he has decent hold up play. He allowed guys like Wea and Emin to overlap, and um, he was he was just uh, very confident on the ball. A lot of maturity for just such a young player. I'm really excited about Sargent. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I I think Ian Dark made a good point in this game. Six substitutions is just too many. Too it's just it's just not fun. It's just it really ruins the game, man. And we could talk about all the substitutions. Honestly, there's but, no point. Uh, we we talked about we talked about the uh, <laughs> the change. Um, talk about yeah, Julian Green. You know, Anthony in, yeah. Robinson didn't really have a chance to do anything. Bobby Wood was anonymous again. Uh, Bradley was I don't know. I, I thought he was worse today than he was in the last match. Um, and then we can talk about Yellen. Why don't we talk about the second goal? The, the Peru Okay, goal. yeah. Um, so, yes, Andy Polo has the ball on the right-hand side. His cross goes through the United States defense, and Edison Flores is there to finish it at the back post. And I'm guessing you're going to go into how that all happened. To well, me. all I want to say is, you know, Yedlin was central. 86 yeah. minute, by the way. Sorry, it was, it was, it was to tie the game. 1-1 one, one was the final um, score. And, you know, you can't say Peru didn't deserve a goal because they absolutely did. Um, but Yedlin was more central than Delgado. And then, um, you know, Flores was there and Delgado all of a sudden stops in his tracks. And DeAndre Yedlin is still looking at the man he was initially marking. So, you know, you can blame it on Delgado. You can blame it on Yedlin. But for me... There has to be some communication there. You know, that, that's the main issue in, in this play for me. Um, if, if Delgado's going to stop, communicate that to DeAndre. If DeAndre has, um, I can't even remember who it was, if, he, if he's looking at that player, that has to be communicated to him. If, if, if Guzan or someone else, probably not because they're looking at the ball on the other side of the pitch, but if someone sees Flores making that trailing run, shout it out, you know? So um, it was just a breakdown in communication. Uh, it was disappointing. It would have been a really nice win for the United States national team. But, I mean, overall, I, like I said in the last episode, I don't really care about these results. Um, for me, it's more about watching individual players. I used to care about the results, but no, now I don't. <laughs> yeah, and part of that, as we said before, is, you know, Dave Sarakin is the manager yeah, right now, yeah. so... Tactically, yeah. like we, it's not even that big yeah. of a deal. Um, yeah, uh, I thought, um, 
yeah, definitely, like, none of the substitutes made, like, that defining of a presence. Now, Julian Green was a player who got 30-plus minutes on the field, and uh, he was playing striker alongside Sargent. How do you think that worked out? Well, like I said, he, he was playing kind of like a pseudo-striker, like a second striker behind Sargent. Right. And, you know, the idea probably was to connect the midfield to the striker, but what, what ended up happening was we sacrificed our width in order to do that. Um, and we didn't really have a right winger on the roster, which was a real problem. Um, and we're going to need to figure out who is going to be in that position. Is it going to be Uwea? Is it going to be Christian Pulisic? Is it going to be someone else we don't even think of? We don't even know yet. Is it going to be Graham Zuzzi? <laughs> um, obviously not. That was a joke. Uh, but yeah, that, that we, we desperately need to figure out who's going to play out wide there because Delgado is not a right midfielder. Um, and, and going back to Delgado, I think he's an interesting case. I, I use the word interesting too much. He's a unique case in that he is a player that looked horrible at the, who looks better at the, inter, at the senior level than he did at the youth level. And if you remember that U20 World Cup, he was playing defensive mid and he got absolutely destroyed with, uh, Zilalem and Heinemann ahead of him. Um, so... You know, it's honestly it blows me away that he's the one out of that out of that midfield that is on the national team right now. Um, yeah, we all had high hopes for Hyman and Zalalem, um, and there's still options. You know, they are the, both of them are still options going forward. Uh, but yeah, he, he looked better at the senior level than he did. He's a, he's really developed as a player um, into a nice uh, substitute that can maybe help us go forward at the end of a match. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. Um, I know Tim Weah was a player who you're not, you know, super fond no, of. No, wait, 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 wait. Did hold it, on well, a well, That is not true. Well, I said, oh, so you are super fond I'm very fond of, fond of him. him. I just, I, what? I, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I, I think, I don't think he's quite Christian Pulisic, which is fine. I mean, that's not, you know. Yeah, I, no, I, I, mean, I, I think I think Josh Sargent is even a better player than Tim Weah, um, but Tim Weah is a special player, uh, and if he can continue to develop, he's going to be a huge asset for this team because he can do things that not many other players in the pool can do. And I thought he, he so did did his stock change in your eyes at all during this game, no, or was it? He's uh, well. I, see, the thing is, I, I don't know. Does does it even matter? Is is the incoming manager is Greg Berhalter gonna look at this match? Maybe, but um, for for Wea now it's about getting alone in January, getting some playing time, and impressing wherever he is. Uh, but there really aren't any other options on the wing, so you know I, I think his his place his spot is pretty safe for now. Yeah. Um... Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I think Tim Way is a player that can definitely develop into a really, really good player. I, I think he can be like, um, I, I, I think he could perhaps, you know, play a role in PSG's front line in a few years, like a significant role. I hope so. I hope that's true. Um, um, the one, I was disappointed that we didn't see more of Andrea Novakovic, um, but maybe next time. Why, like, why were we seeing Bobby Wood instead of Novakovic? Oh, Bobby Wood, yeah. Interesting guy. 
<laughs> I mean, honestly, I have nothing more uh, to say about this match. I, I apologize for... I feel like I've been a little bit more dull and tempered than usual. That's because, one, I'm exhausted because I was up all night watching the Brewers, and I worked until 7.30 today. Um, and, two, I'm injured because of flight football, and my voice is starting to go. So, uh... I apologize for that. Um, hopefully my voice returns in full force for the Save the Crew podcast. But I, there's, there's really nothing else for me to say. I, I, you, know, it's, you know, it's not even like we can really talk about Peru that much like we talked about Colombia and their goals. Um, so. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So basically this is a game the where... The field was good. Uh, I mean, yeah, the field was good. We've actually we, yeah, just we've been to, to that so stadium. We watched Landon Donovan's last game there. Barely. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> we, uh, we 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 got stuck in traffic. I think a lot of people actually got stuck in traffic. Yeah. If, if you went to that game, you probably know a little bit about the traffic. I, me- I remember it being a big thing on Twitter. But um, yeah, I mean, I think just to kind of round up this game before we head out. Um, yeah, I mean, I think this is a game where obviously Peru dominated possession. We had a lot of bad giveaways. I think there were a couple encouraging moments, and I think we, I at least I personally feel like I, I learned a lot about a couple different, a few different players, and um, I was definitely impressed with our defensive organization, and we were able to deal with constant pressure. Uh, I mean, in if you by not conceding, I mean <laughs> for a while, and um, yeah, to me it looked like we just needed a, a link between the midfield and attack, but. Um, I, you know, you can't say much because this is not anywhere near the U.S.'s first team. But uh, it, it was it was it was fun in its own right, I guess. Um, sure, whatever you say. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Uh, well, that is all for today's episode. Uh, look out Monday morning or Sunday night for us. Are recapping some of the weekend's games. One of them will be Barcelona-Sevilla, big game in La Liga over the weekend. But we will uh, see you guys next time. But first, we'll give you the usual outro. Uh, you can find us at Soccer Bros Pod on Twitter and Instagram. We're Soccer Brothers Podcast on Facebook. Our email is soccerbrotherspodcast at gmail.com. Review and rate us wherever you're listening. We appreciate all the support. Send us questions. And we will see you guys next time on Season 2, Episode 6 of the Soccer Brothers Podcast. See you guys.